but many of us rebel against routine. Even if we had it when we were kids, I feel like we go through a phase where it's like, I don't want to have structure. I just want to be me. Right. I just want to do what I want to do. And then we start to recognize again that it's important. It's Mike and Mitzi, and this is Wave Social Podcast, powered by Arcade Studios, a show for marketers, creators, and brand builders who want to make waves online. We sit down with the experts and tastemakers behind today's biggest and up-and-coming brands, and today on the show, we have us. No guest, just you <laughs> Just the two me. of us. It's another solo episode. We're going to be talking about all around our routines and our habits and just the things that we've learned in the past four years of running our business together. But it's not just four years. We were both entrepreneurs before we merged our business. So it's more like it's more like five years for me and like what, like eight years for you? Yeah, 2014. Right. Eight years. I think that math's out. Yeah. So we've learned a lot in terms of how we set up our work days, our work weeks, how we start our days, how we end our days, when we work, when we don't work, and where we work. So we're going to get into all those details. We're definitely not experts on routines or like wellness or anything like that, but mm-hmm. we've definitely learned some lessons. Would yeah. you say that you're like, like from born to born ability, would you say that you're an organized person or when you were younger, were you more like, I'm going to go where the action is. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm spontaneous. Like whatever happens, happens. I don't know. I have that like orderly side of me. I like when things are in in like routine. I really think I thrive in routines, but I was definitely more spontaneous when I was younger. Yeah. Um like so, when when in your life do you feel like you actually established a routine? Um I think I uh, my parents mm-hmm. always had like a pretty stable routine for me. So I, as a child mm-hmm. I had more of a routine, but when I chose to have my own routine that was like kind of like non-negotiable, I'd say like early or like late 20s maybe. Yeah. Like that checks out. Or mid 20s. Yeah, I feel like we all met. like not all, but many of us rebel against routine. Even if we had it when we were kids, I feel like we go through a phase where it's like I don't want to have structure. I just want to be me. <laughs> right. I just want to do what I want to do and then we start to recognize again that it's important. Yeah, it's super important and I think it's more important now than ever before because you're, you and I not only run a business together, but we also are life partners. And so we have a family together. Yeah. So setting up our routines and things allows us to do or allows us to have space to do what we need to do for our work and our business, but then also space to enjoy our family life. So certainly. And I, I wasn't even planning to talk about this, but I just thought of this now is that speaking of rebelling against routine, I actually did a TEDx talk. Like, I don't know, was it at 2015? Um, something yeah. like that. So we're talking like seven years ago now. And my whole, the whole concept of what I talked about was how systems and structures rob us of creativity <laughs> Look at and you imagination. Here. <laughs> and I, I think like to, a, to an extent that's still true, mm-hmm. you know, like, like often systems can take the creativity out of things, but they mm-hmm. can also give you a lot back. And so mm-hmm. again, it's all about finding a balance. So I might not speak on the same topic if I were to do another TEDx talk, but um, we're here to kind of like decode what we've learned since then. Totally. And I think this episode is going to be great for anyone who's self-employed or trying to run their own business or maybe even like a side hustle. Um, I think hopefully some of the tips and things that we've learned helps you as you set up your own like way to work and your work week. Um, so that's our goal here. And by no means, like you said, we're not the authority on all things wellness, but 
We've learned a few things. Yeah. And we're really hoping that no one burns out. I yeah. Think like we've never fully reached burnout, but I, I think, think we've seen the symptoms. Before. I was close. Yeah. I, I remember um, a moment where I was like, am I burning out? Was when we were on a client call and this particular client <clears throat> just felt like I was just really overwhelmed with this client and a bunch of other things. And I felt like I was doing a lot or too much. I might've been postpartum. I can't remember, but it was definitely after I had a baby and we were on the client call and the client was like looking at us, explaining what he needed us to do. And I was literally like holding back tears. Like I couldn't compute what he was saying. I was just so overwhelmed by the thought of another project that I just couldn't keep it together. And it was like, okay, if, I don't know, a a client seeing that side of me, like imagine what it's like privately. Like I'm pretty, usually pretty level-headed and pretty calm, cool and collected in front of clients. So that was a sign for me that I need to to figure things out. Yeah. And I feel like all of this comes back to that, which is like recognizing or like starting to listen to your body and your Mm -hmm. mind and like what it's telling you. Totally. And responding to those cues. Yeah. And I know burnout is such a huge topic and it's such a huge like it's thankfully something we're talking more and more about and people are being more open about burnout. Um, so I think that like as a creative or an entrepreneur or like a, a anyone involved in like business, like it's so important that you understand what are the symptoms of burnout for you. Um, I yeah. think there's like some universal signs, like if you're feeling overwhelmed or if you are losing like energy and excitement around the work that you do. Yeah. Um, but there it can come and manifest itself in different ways for everyone. So I think we've now learned what those symptoms are for us, um, or at least me personally. Yeah, I feel like I've become much more in tune with just my own symptoms and mm-hmm. like specifically what my body is trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like I reached a point with that as well, like in the middle of COVID when we were just working constantly because our business was growing so constantly. Mm-hmm. And I used to always work in the evening and mm-hmm. we used to always work on, on the weekends and we we enjoy doing the work that we do because it's it's really what we're passionate about so it's easy to work a lot when we need to mm-hmm. but there just reached a point where i physically could not do work in the evening anymore no and that's when i became a morning person which we'll get into later yeah so should we kick it off yeah you want to why don't you start us with number 1 okay the first thing this again this is routines <clears throat> and non-negotiables that we've set up in our work life um that have helped us let us enabled us to stay in our genius zone, let us do what we do well, while also have time and space to pursue other things like family and hobbies and all that good stuff. So first thing we have here is not working on the evenings or weekends. Like you mentioned, we used to do that a lot. Um, I actually, I think I made a joke to someone. I was like, I love working on the weekends because no one bothers me. But now like things are so different for us. Um, and for us, weekends are sacred. They're our family time. Yeah. Um, so we don't want our daughter to have memories of just like our weekends where we're distracted on our phones or trying to like finish emails or just pulling out our computer all the time. So that's part of what has influenced why we don't work on the weekends. We want to make good memories as a family. Um, and even if you don't have a family, it's also like good for your brain to have space from your work because if you're thinking about the same thing over and over again you're just kind of like running in circles and not really coming up with some fresh perspective on it yeah and I think we have the luxury of not working on the weekends because of the structure that we've set up during the week 
Right. And not every family has the same type of like childcare situation as us. So like for some people, it may be that you don't get to work as much during the week and then weekend is your time to catch up or something like that. But for us, we are fortunate enough to have childcare during the week. Mm -hmm. And that really allows us to have that like focused, dedicated time to the work that we need to do so that we can do a really good job and not be distracted Monday to Friday. And then that's what kind of tees us up to be able to set those boundaries where after dinner or once like Friday night comes around Mm -hmm. that we're focused on our family and really making sure that that time together is quality. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, again, this isn't a catch all solution for everybody, but this is what works for us. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love it. I think, and sometimes, you know, like it's one thing to not work in that space, but it's it's another thing to not think about work in that space. And that's something that I've really had to, had to develop like an ability to just completely detach that way because it's easy to like take my daughter to the park or like go out for coffee or brunch or something like that. But I could still be thinking about that email I need to send or Mm -hmm. that thing I didn't get done that I said I would get done or whatever. Um, But being able to really like kind of build the discipline to actually have your mind focused on where you're at in the moment um, and really maximize that time is, is, uh, a learned skill that I really am glad that I've that I've spent time working on. Yeah, it's definitely a discipline. I think one thing that I, I'll like a caveat to that is maybe like the dreaming side of work. <clears throat> like I think when you're in the day to day and you're doing a lot of like busy day to day work, it's sometimes hard to like zoom out and think about what your goals are, what your aspirations are, and I think that's something that happened easily. Like I never thought about goals or dreams or anything when I was really busy and working all the time. But when you're suddenly like disconnecting yourself and giving yourself space from the day-to-day stuff, it gives you more room in your head to kind of like dream a little bit. And that's the one thing that we do make, we do allow, you know, conversations around work when it comes to like dreaming and aspirations and like, that's the good stuff. Um, So I think that's, hopefully, you know, where if you are thinking about work, that's where your mind goes to when you're like trying to stay, you know, disconnected from the day-to-day stuff. Yeah. Because that stuff's still great to think about. Yeah, for sure. I think just the fact that you and I are married and we do business together, Mm -hmm. there has to be some gray areas. It can't all be like hard black and white boundaries. But, um, and I think that gives us freedom to just like also just share what we're, what we're thinking about Mm -hmm. in that moment too. Like even when we're on a date night or something Mm -hmm. like that, or we put Elena to bed and now it's just our time, you know, like to not have created a rule that may sometimes feel necessary, but others not. Like you're not allowed to touch that topic, (laughs) you know, we don't, we don't feel that you need to go that far because like what you're thinking about right now matters to me and vice versa. So, um, and sometimes, like you said, that un- uninterrupted space when mm-hmm. Slack isn't popping off may be the best time for us to dream or solve a business problem or something like that. So, totally. But that's different than work. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. I agree. Um, so we don't work on the evenings or weekends, but you've kind of set up like a separate routine that's been 
helpful <clears throat> for you, you another time of day. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So like I said, I hit a point just, I, I think it was 2021, early 2021 um, or the end of 2020. We had just been working so much. And one of our big clients that we got like at the height of COVID required work on the weekends because we were dropping episodes on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And so it was a rush for a while. We had a blast. Yeah. Our team showed up. They did whatever it took. And and our business really grew. It grew 100% in 2020, which is pretty crazy it's to keep too, up with. But um, so we we were just running on adrenaline and we did a lot of work during the day, in the evening, on the weekends, like halfway through dinner, whatever it, whatever it meant. And then eventually, I think we both hit this point, but for me, it, it felt more s- severe because I just felt like I literally couldn't function after a certain point in the day anymore. And and evening used to be my best time. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, you know, I'd, I'd stay up till 2 a.m. working because I felt like I was going to change the world. And, <laughs> and uh, I had so much energy and I was running on, you know, like caffeine and ramen noodles or whatever. Um, but I reached a point where that didn't work anymore. And I w- it was a bit of an identity crisis because I was like, this is me, though. You know, like, how can I how can this change so drastically? And I've never been good at waking up early. But I started to kind of recognize that when I did get up a little bit earlier before my inbox started piling up, um, that was w- when my brain started to feel the sharpest. And so that was kind of a big uh, turning point for me, not just for like time of day and quality of work, but also just um, starting to listen to my body like we talked about and mm-hmm. recognize like, okay, we're having a two-way dialogue here about what works and what doesn't and I need to like play along. So um, that's where I just made the decision. I was like, I've been telling myself and everybody that I'm not a morning person since I was a teenager and that was an excuse to sleep in or start late or whatever. Um, but at this point in my life, I'm a dad, I'm a husband and I'm also running a business and evenings don't work anymore. So there's got to be a solution. So started getting up earlier and Definitely is something that takes time to build the habit and mm-hmm. build the ability, but um, I'm so I'm so grateful for that now, and I it's exciting because it's also my time um, before anything else kind of gets started. So sometimes I use it for work to get ahead of my inbox. Other times I use it for fitness, mm-hmm. and we're on that Peloton band, bandwagon now, so I don't even have a commute. I can just get up and get it done. Yeah, it's a game changer. Um, then that leads us to our second point: is prioritizing personal health practices. So. That includes exercise, like you just mentioned. Peloton is what we do at home. Um, But it also includes things like seeing a chiropractor or seeing a massage therapist or just like anything else related to your like physical health. Um, That's something that I think like we definitely didn't make it a priority for a long time. And then I think a lot of people who are busy entrepreneurs, they don't either. Maybe they're, you know, getting workouts in more often, but they're not doing the other kind of physical health things that you should be doing for your body to take care of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think stress manifests itself in your body physically. So I think like things like a massage or like Cairo, I think those are such important practices to help kind of like get that out of your system. Um, So that's something that we've been prioritizing and it's been a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. I think even like we started really being more intentional about our budget um, Mm -hmm. for the last couple of years as well, just getting our finances in a better place. And a big part of it was deciding what our priorities were, you know? And I think aside from like savings and paying down debt and things like that, Mm -hmm. health needs to be one of your biggest financial priorities. Yeah. And so that's where we, like we have benefits at our business, but Mm -hmm. we also are willing to invest additional income into things like chiropractor and massage. Yeah. Because it's not cheap. 
No. Like and not. supplements and vitamins and all the things like those are not cheap either. <laughs> wild wild caught salmon. Yeah, it's like not yeah. not cheap, but I think it's your body is like your most important asset. Like it's your brain, your body, like they all kind of like feed into each other. So Yeah. I think it's it's worth it. Yeah, physical fitness, but also and I think getting like things out of your mind that you don't need to constantly be worrying about if you just make a plan. And like, this isn't something that we need to go down a rabbit trail of, but I think it is important um, for us. Like, even as we began a family and started budgeting and things like that, we also, one, set up a will. Yeah. And we also got life insurance. <laughs> wow, we're going there. You know? So like, even preparing some of those bigger details are hard to talk about. And it, it's like, it's, it's kind of, it's one of those things that you just want to avoid thinking about altogether, but mm -hmm. it can kind of plague your mind as you have kids and mm -hmm. or you go on trips or like whether you're traveling together or separately, you know, there's always risks there. So even just taking those concerns and dealing with them now so that it's out of our head and we can just focus our complete energy on, on the things that are right in front of us. Yeah. I'd say if you don't have health insurance, start there. Yeah. Yeah. Health but... insurance and then life insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I didn't expect you to go there. Cool. Yeah. Um, the next one is a fun one. It's taking vacation. So we did not take vacation for a long, long time. I think a lot of people can probably relate, especially if you're self-employed. It's not easy to take vacation. And oftentimes you're working on vacation. So it's like easier to just stay home. Like I think what we would do more often is travel and work. Um, but I'm talking about like vacation where you're literally away from your day-to-day -day routine and also not working. Yeah. Uh, there's so much value in that. It's like such an important thing to do to give your brain a break from your daily expectations. But then also being in a new place where you're breathing different air, you're just getting inspired, you have space to like just pursue what you want to do like and actually ask yourself like what do I – like and what do I how do I want to spend my day if I'm not working I think those are such important things that everyone needs to give themselves space to do once in a while yeah absolutely we're going on vacation next week mm -hmm. where are we going Maui <laughs> what's your ideal kind of vacation like if, if we're talking about like recharging and taking the space away from work yeah I mean I I would normally say like a beach vibe or where I'm, I'm not doing much like an all-inclusive or something but when you and I went to Montreal and like we were out every night late, like doing all the fun stuff, like we got tattoos, went to concerts, like it was such a full few days, but that felt so energizing to me. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I, I'm not like a, I need to explore the unknown kind of thing. Like my exploration is like exploring like coffee shops and like shopping and spas, but I'm not like I need to like go on these crazy hikes and like yeah. explore the Amazon kind of adventure. Yeah. I think there's room for all of it, but yeah. I agree with you. I think I'm really excited that we're going to the beach this time mm -hmm. and uh, we get to just relax and not plan too much. But yeah, that Montreal trip was like the perfect combination of chaos and like rejuvenation. Yeah. And I will say that like, I know it's not easy if you're an entrepreneur to take space and take vacation. If you're, the only person working on your business. Like I get it. Like that's par partly why we didn't take vacation for so long. Cause we didn't have the team or support to kind of take over if we weren't in the trenches. So, yeah. um, I would say like, if that's the case, like even find like a four day weekend or something like that, like that's I think exactly what we did. Yeah. That's we, 
we, if it's hard to take a week, you start with a long weekend and mm-hmm. you just build up from there. Totally. And I think um, like clients, if you're, if your business is client facing, but like they actually, I think understand it more now than ever before. Like yeah. I think when we tell our clients, like we're out of office on vacation, like no one bats an eye. Well, maybe a few years ago, I would have been like nervous to say that. And it was probably because it was early in our business. It was just me. But like, I I think it's just kind of a different climate now. Like, I think everyone's starting to understand that we all need vacation to do our work well. Um, so yeah, like start, start with a short four day weekend and see if you can build from there. Yeah. Now we're taking a week off. Whole week. Giddy up. Five business days. It's yeah, I don't know fun. the last time that we did that, but partly just because we we can't travel or we couldn't travel for a while. But totally. It's going to be good. All right. Um, the next one is finding hobbies or passion projects. Mm-hmm. So vacation is important, but you got to find ways to like keep your energy while you're working as well. You know, just in the day to day or like the week to week side of your life. So um, whether it's like a small interruption during your day where you can like just change what you're focused on for a little bit and think about something else or whether it's something you do when you go home in the evening or before your day starts. Yeah. Hobbies and passion projects could be even a side hustle are really important to keeping your brain sharp and keeping you motivated and excited about life. Yeah. It's almost like if you're creative, you're not giving it all away to people who are paying you for it. Because I think there still needs to be part of what makes you special, like in terms of your talent and what you're giving people that you keep for yourself or you do for yourself. So for us, it's this, well, at least for me, (laughs) I'll get into your hobbies, but at least for me, it's this podcast. Like this is the space where I can like be as creative as I want and like use my voice. Answer to no one. Yeah. Answer to no one. Um, And it's, it's, it's like nice to have that. And it's not, I'm not giving that all the way to every single client. This I keep for myself. Mm-hmm. And I think for you, that's fantasy sports. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, waves is a passion project for me too. Right. Um, I do report to you. <laughs> um, so I still have someone that I answer to, but it's, it is fun. Um, I enjoy it. I enjoy the dialogue and the opportunities to make build relationships. Mm-hmm. That's really exciting for mm-hmm. me. But yeah, I really enjoy sports at large. Um, but what really just, brought that to another level for me was fantasy sports and that's something you can do from your phone it can take you like five or ten minutes here and there it's just a nice I call it a brain break sometimes Mm -hmm. when I feel like I've just been in the trenches for a while and I need to change my attitude um spend a lot of time on reddit and twitter which I never used to do but that's that's just the place you can go down those rabbit trails and get that information you need to make Mm -hmm. a difference so yeah the nice thing is these days I mean lifetime I've probably broken even (laughs) <laughs> but these days I, I'm definitely winning um, Becoming, and making more than I'm spending on it too. Yes. So, Yeah, it, this is like, I feel like it's kind of a somber day for you because it's your oh. first day without fantasy sports. I was hoping sports. we wouldn't have to talk about that. <laughs> like you, your basketball fantasy league ended yesterday. Yeah, football was over a while ago and then I played fantasy basketball as well and yesterday was the last day. But I ended it on a high note. I won the mm-hmm. championship. So... And now um, I have all of your attention. Yeah. I love it. I mean, you usually have all or most uh, of my attention. I don't know if I have all your attention. <laughs> Date night? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> cool. I got some money to spend now that I won last night. Sweet. So, um, Okay, let's get into the next point. Okay. Physical boundaries with work. 
So we talk about like time, like boundaries from a time perspective, mm -hmm. but also physical boundaries, like working from an office versus working from home, I think is an important distinction to make. Um, I feel like you have more of a POV on this than I do. Yeah. So I think um, if you work from a laptop, which we do, we kind of like took that to our advantage and we can work from everywhere, whether it's a coffee shop or it's bed or like your kitchen table. Um, and that worked for a while, but I think now that we have a family and, you know, a daughter that, you know, we're responsible for, for me, having the physical boundary of an office has really helped me um, make sure that I maintain my focus where it needs to be. So when I come to the office and I open up my computer, this is where I, it's like my work time. It's go time. I'm focused. But then I try not to open up my laptop at home on my on our coffee table or whatever because it just kind of like it's a nice physical boundary for me and I think with like working from home everyone was forced to work from home and we were too for a little bit but just having like a designated space where you're like this is where I work but it's not where you know I do everything else like I think even working from bed like I just can't do that because to me it's like bed is for sleeping and whatever but it's not for and romantic things <laughs> yeah it's not for working and I and maybe that's a hot take and maybe that doesn't work for everyone. But I just think having a physical boundary around your work is an important thing for your just brain. Yeah. Your brain has sections and compartments. And so it only makes sense to like give your life that as well. Mm -hmm. And it just helps you function more, more effectively. Um, and for me too, I think I want to clarify if you don't have the luxury of an office, um, you know, or even like a separate room in your house that could be an office. It's even just like finding a micro way to compartmentalize totally. in the same kind of way. So it could even be like there's a specific chair that you sit in or mm -hmm. there's a specific surface. Like for even we had a smaller apartment before we moved into our current home and uh, we didn't have the luxury of a separate room for mm -hmm. our work, but we didn't want to invade the living room. We didn't want to invade the dining area or even like you said, our, our bedroom. So um, for me, I, often I would, if I was working from home, I'd work at the the counter, like the kitchen island. And mm -hmm. that was like a separate chair, a separate kind of environment that I could keep that the work area. And mm -hmm. then if I needed a break, I could move to the living room or I could go eat lunch at the dining table or something like that. And right. it just kind of gives you that same kind of separation, even if it is technically in the same space. Yeah. It's almost like setting up a ritual for yourself for mm -hmm. when you start your day or you are planned to go to work. You're like going to work by going to that space. Yeah, exactly. It makes a big difference. And it sounds simple. And I think some people might even kind of scoff at it, but give it a try and let us know what you think. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is the last one. <clears throat> we're, we're cruising. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, this one is delegating errands and tasks and prioritizing tasks. So um, we have someone on our team who oversees a lot of our office and culture tasks. So if we have a birthday, they get the birthday cake. Or if we're like, you know, coordinating a happy hour. They get all the like snacks and wine and stuff for everyone. Um, and that has been huge for us because running errands, you know, for the sake of your business can take a lot of time and it would bottleneck us and especially me because that was usually me who was running around to doing that stuff. So just giving myself permission to say, okay, like we can hire someone who can do that for us because our business needs another side of our energy and another side of our brain to make more 
of an impact and I it doesn't need me to run around and do errands. So I think the point of this is just finding things that you think you can delegate to other people. Um, if you can't, what's your rule? Like if you, if someone else can do something at 80% as well as you can, you should delegate it. Yeah, it's not my rule. It's something I heard along the way, but yeah, I think it rings true. Yeah, sure. so it, it might not be errands for you. It might be something completely different, but I think delegating has been huge, especially if you find that you're running out of time to do everything. Who can you have or who can you bring on to do some of the things that's maybe bottlenecking you? And I think you have to be really, you have to be a little ruthless in this process because I like doing a lot of the things like like get it creating environments for people and like getting all the, the little things like, and I care about details. So for me getting the exact specific things for like a happy hour or whatever, that was actually fun for me. But just because it's fun, it doesn't mean that I need to do it. So I think that's been a game changer for us or for me having someone else on the team to do some of those things um, and delegating that is important for me. Yeah. And I think from my perspective to outside of just ha hiring a specific person for a specific group of tasks, we need to work delegation into our workflow in general. And that's for anyone on the team, not just us, because mm -hmm. there's always going to be a, a group of tasks that you're aware of or responsible of that you aren't necessarily the best person to do. Mm -hmm. And especially as your team grows or as you have more resources, there's likely someone else that is better equipped to do it than you are. So mm -hmm. it's not even just that, can they do it 80% as well as me? It may be that they can do it 80% better than you. Totally. You know? And in that case, you need to offload that and not just hold it so tightly. Mm -hmm. So we talk a lot about prioritizing at Arcade and um, that's a big part of the way we think about tasks and, and the day-to-day -day of our work. Um, so pri prioritizing can look like my own individual tasks and figuring out what the biggest rocks are. But I may not always even start with those. I may start sure. first with offloading tasks that are high priority but aren't for me to accomplish and making sure that other people have what they need to get those tasks done before I get into my list mm -hmm. and start working on my things because then we're all working at the same time. Otherwise, if I start with my big rocks first and then get to delegating tasks later, then someone may be sitting without much to do or twiddling their thumbs and that's not efficient. So yeah, yeah delegation is a big responsibility for any leader on our team and something that not everyone is naturally good at, mm -hmm. but it's it's not the hardest thing to learn if someone, if you can kind of have someone just like nudge you in the right direction and then, and also realize that, because I think some people have a bit of guilt about offloading tasks that they don't enjoy, mm -hmm. but then recognizing that there's someone else on the team that that might be their favorite type of work to do. Totally. So you don't have to feel guilt. You can actually just equip people to be in their, like you say, genius zone Yeah. and get it done. That was something that took me a long time to actually learn, like delegating, like to, to understand and like <clears throat> be really good at doing that consistently. Um, because I think like I'm a bit more type A in particular, but it, there's so much freedom. And like you said, like I realized one time I we were traveling and we were traveling internationally and I had one person on my team and, and she was suddenly like a client was asking for a bunch of stuff. I literally had no Wi-Fi, no internet, anything. And she's just stepped in and handled it like a pro. And I was so blown away. And it was like such a good moment for me to understand that like I, it's not – I'm not the only one who can do a good job at things. And sometimes I just need to get out of the way. And even if someone else who's supporting you maybe isn't totally quite there yet, like they could be 
if you have if you give them space to do yeah. it and like some training and stuff. So um, getting out of the way has been a really good reminder for me to like just let the team do what they can do and and support them so that they can learn and grow too. Yeah, absolutely. That's all she wrote. Yeah, th- those are six. I don't. I guess tips or. Practices. Six routines and practices yeah. that we've embraced over time. Hope that it helps someone. Hope that it encourages you um, and that, uh, yeah, you find a way to incorporate some or all of this into your work week. Yeah, and we'd love to hear from you if there's things that you've learned along the way that could benefit us or even just our audience and slide into our DMs on Instagram or TikTok or wherever mm-hmm. and uh, let us know. Let us know what you're learning. Yeah, thanks for listening.